You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion Series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Exodus chapter 40. Verses 1 through 16, command to set up the tabernacle. Now that the artisans have completed their work and the tabernacle, furnishings and priestly garments are all made and have been inspected by Moses, God tells Moses that it's time to set up the tabernacle. It must be done at a particular time, on the first day of the first month. This was almost one year after the exodus from Egypt. The term tabernacle in scripture sometimes refers to the covered area which comprised the two rooms, the holy place and the most holy place, sometimes called the holy of holies. Other times it refers to the entire complex, including the courtyard. Once the tabernacle is set up, the Ark of the Covenant will be the first piece of furniture placed inside, because it is the most important piece and will be in the furthest room inside. At this point, the only items inside it were the two tablets containing the Ten Commandments and a jar of manna. Then they are to shield it with the curtain or veil. Next comes the table with the bread of the presence and the lampstand with its olive oil lamps. In the center of the veil... They are to place the gold altar of incense and then seal up the second room with its own curtain. In the courtyard, they are to place the altar of burnt offering and the basin for washing between the tent and the altar. Then the posts and curtains are to be put around the whole area with a curtain for the door on the east side of the courtyard. It's significant that God tells them to set it up from west to east because as they enter the courtyard and tabernacle to worship God, and the whole time they are offering sacrifices or incense to God, they have their backs to the sun, in contrast to the pagans who worship the sun god. Once everything is in its place, they are to take the anointing oil they made and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it, to consecrate them so that they will be holy. Now that the place is prepared, it's time for the priests to be set apart. Aaron and his sons are to be brought to the entrance of the tent of meeting and washed with water. Then Aaron, as the high priest, is dressed by Moses in the sacred garments and anointed. Then his sons are brought in and dressed in their tunics and also anointed. This priesthood through Aaron and his descendants will continue through their generations. Then we're told Moses did everything just as the Lord commanded him. This quality control statement was repeated nine times in the previous chapter. They followed the directions exactly. Verses 17 through 33, the tabernacle set up as commanded. The next section shows Moses' obedience to God's command as the tabernacle is set up step by step and in the order God ordained. This occurred on the first day of the first month in the second year after leaving Egypt. The furniture was placed in particular spots The lampstand was placed and the lamps were lit. The gold altar was placed in front of the curtain and he burned sweet incense on it. This was likely the only time Moses would do this himself. In the courtyard, the altar of burnt offering was set up and they offered burnt offerings and grain offerings on it. The basin for washing was filled with water and Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and feet whenever they entered the tent of meeting or approached the altar. All the curtains were hung, and so Moses finished the work. Verses 34 and 35, the glory of the Lord. 
Moses had inspected the work. Now God comes to do the same. The cloud, which represented God's presence, covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses couldn't enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it. This was the final confirmation that God's dwelling place had been properly done and a fulfillment of God's promise in Exodus 29.43, where he says, There also I will meet with the Israelites, and the place will be consecrated by my glory. This would happen again when the temple would be dedicated by King Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 8, linking the tabernacle with the temple. During that time, the priests would not be able to enter it as well. Because the glory of God in the temple is so symbolic of his presence and approval, nothing pretends the destruction of the temple more powerfully than the removal of the glory of God. We see this in Ezekiel 10, 4 and 18. Verses 36 through 38, God's presence and guidance through the pillar. Then we have a general statement about how God would guide their travels personally. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. This pillar of fire and cloud was in the general area, but now it would be concentrated on the tabernacle, which was in the midst of the children of Israel who would encamp all around it. Their first move would occur in 50 days. That the book of Exodus ends with a focus on the tabernacle prepares the reader for all the sacrifices and offerings that will begin in the book of Gen Leviticus. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads, or hints of Jesus Christ or the Gospels, do we find in this chapter? The tabernacle was set up on the first day of the new year. The start of a new year should always be a time when we try to find new ways to serve God better. The worship of God was necessary even in the wilderness. We need to worship God now on our journey through the wilderness of this life. So few of this group of people made it into the promised land, so we must take heed so we don't fall short of the heavenly Canaan. The Aaronic priesthood continued until Christ came and prophesied about the destruction of the temple within a generation. Since he is a better high priest in the order of Melchizedek, and because he lives forever, his priesthood never ends. We no longer see God's presence in a visible manifestation like the pillar of fire and cloud. The pillar and the tabernacle pointed forward to the incarnation of God in the person of his Son. And then how the Holy Spirit indwells his people. In the future, God will dwell with his people in the new heavens and the new earth. The tabernacle, furnishings, and priests were made holy, set apart, and anointed. As believers, because of Christ, we are as well. The tabernacle uh, and later the first temple was filled with God's glory. The prophet Haggai foresaw that the te rebuilt temple would experience an even greater glory than previously. Such an event as this did not happen, but it did experience a greater glory because the Son of God himself appeared suddenly in his temple. His purpose is to fill his people and the new creation with his glory. The church should be filled with the Holy Spirit. This filling that occurred here was so intense that no one could enter, 
not even Moses, who had the closest relationship to God. We would not be able to enter God's presence in our present state, but because of Christ, we can approach without fear. After the golden calf incident, Moses interceded, imploring God not to leave them without his presence. This is the answer to that request. The tabernacle and then the temple were great, but Jesus is greater than both, because the glory of God dwells in him. In heaven there is no temple, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. You've been listening to the Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for the summary of the book of Exodus. May God continue to bless the study of his word.